This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground, up and running, and sounding great. Professional podcast production at extremely affordable rates. Do yourself a favor if you're thinking about doing a podcast, but you don't really have a whole lot of time to manage the editing, the posting of the show, and making it sound as good as possible. Uh, go to prettyeasypodcast.com because they'll help you do it at a great rate, and it doesn't matter what your show's about. It could be a sports show, a food show, business. It could be a show about extremely rare birds. Doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com, and they'll help you get your show off the ground, up and running, and sounding great today. Whatever your passion is, Pretty Easy Podcast is ready to help you enjoy it even more. Everybody has a podcast these days, right? Get in on the fun and go to Pretty Easy Podcast dot com today or just email them to get started at pretty easy podcasts at gmail.com pretty easy podcast making podcasting uh well pretty easy this is the future this is not the past the new xfl will kick off in 2020 What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of April 7th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. This week, we talk directly to Doug Whaley and Justin King of the XFL. It's episode 63, Football Operations. What a special edition of the show we have for you lined up today. It is it is really going to be awesome. We are going to go really deep. One of those deep dive episodes into the core football portion of the XFL Football League. We're talking rules, we're talking players, we're talking everything that's going into the on-the-field product of the XFL with Doug Whaley and Justin King from the XFL, the, the two guys who are running, along with Sam Schwartzstein, the XFL's football operations. Brian, I couldn't be more jacked. It was a deep dive into what we've all been waiting for, which was answers to some of these rules, these questions, these these football um, operations, I guess you would say, right? They're all being answered for us this week. Uh, it was a great conversation. And also, I think the best part of this all is we're finally getting a idea of a calendar, right? When are things going to be released? When are players going to be signed? All these things are starting to line up for 2019 um, on our way to 2020. It's so awesome. This conversation we're going to play for you <laughs> is just so cool. I mean, we picked the brains. For, we literally picked the brains of the brains behind the XFL in terms of how they're reimagining the game. It, it, it's it's really one of the coolest episodes we've done, and we're going to send you to that interview here in a little bit. We don't want to reveal anything. Just know that it's it's heavy on football talk, so you're going to really enjoy it if you're a football freak. And we know that you are. Uh, last week's show was a, a whole lot of fun. We were uh, kind of speculating on whether or not the AAF would be around as well, Brian. And, well, now it's gone. So we're going to have to address that today. Yeah, it is It is gone like you know in in an unfortunate situation for for the AAF but uh we'll talk about whether or not it's fortunate or unfortunate for the XFL here in a little bit but yeah it, you know 
we're on record as saying that it probably would still last until the end of the season, and really, it's it's not. We went into a deep conversation, by the way, on it on our this is not the XFL show this week uh, exclusively on our Patreon. Yeah, the, the Patreon sh- uh, is show this week. The not XFL show was so so fun, although it was about a kind of a sad subject. I'm sad to see an entire football league go away, but that opens up a lot of opportunity for the XFL. We're going to talk about that, but the reaction to last week's show was fascinating as well, Brian, because you had some people responding to us saying, no way the AAF's going away, and then people saying it'll be gone by the time next week's show happens, and, well, those people were right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were saying that it was going to be gone, and, and and they were right, and and I was proven wrong in that instance. I thought it would at least go the entire season. Um, a lot of people chiming in on Instagram saying that the AF would not make it until uh, the end of the season, and and and, and those people are right, and I, and I appreciate the corrections uh, being made because you know what, it, it seemed like most people in the AF thought they would be going until the end of the season, except the select hand few, uh, a select few, and and now you know here it is gone. Yeah, and shout out to everybody who follows and and gets involved with us on social media at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Really good stuff from everybody uh, after last week's show and getting ready for this week's show. As soon as the AAF, uh, you know, went belly up, we had people uh, like Denzel hollering at us, telling us Mike Martz to St. Louis. The people lobbying for their coaches, (laughs) and 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 you've got you know uh, people like Brendan who you know were saying. Should the XFL go after Steve Spurrier? You know, they started re- reacting to it. And and a lot of people were, you know, interested in the San Antonio market as well, uh, you know, because they had such a good following in the AAF. But we know the XFL is in bigger markets, uh, maybe sometime down the road. But, uh, I mean, this, this really blew up this week. It blew up uh, the attention for the XFL with the AAF going, going under, unfortunately, for, you know, for all the people involved with that league. Yeah, it, it's 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 sad to see, you know, that that's the reason why you're in the news. The XFL even put out a statement, you know, having to address this issue. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have to look at positives, I guess, and all this negative. And, and although it's not okay to see an AAF go away, um, this opens a lot of doors, a lot of players, a lot of a lot of opportunity for the XFL now that the AAF is no longer in its way. Hey, Brainiacs, Long Allen Ice-T here telling you about this week's WrestleMania edition of Brain Buster Radio. And a certain Royal Rumble winner is next to me, and he'll be there in New York City. Oh, I will be there. I will be dishing out the punishments. Uh, you'll be able to follow along with all the other victims. I, I mean, colleagues of mine that will be participating. Yeah, that's jumping Jacob Jane. He, he doesn't have to introduce himself. He's the man. He'll be doling out punishments. We'll be observing the biggest weekend in wrestling for the year. We're going to be at the G1 Supercard. We're going to be at the WrestleMania tailgate. Triple J, we are going to have so much great Brainbuster Radio footage captured, not to mention an epic Brainbuster Radio coming live to you from Moose the Mark's lair. Yeah, the first time we're going to be there, we are going to be in the shadow of New York City, just like WrestleMania is going to be on Sunday, uh, predicting all the matches and just what a card from top to bottom. I cannot wait to discuss it. 15 matches at WrestleMania, countless matches at the G1 Supercard, not to mention all the other antics going on around the city. Professional wrestling's biggest weekend's here, and Brain Buster Radio is in the middle of it all. Join us, Brainiacs. Tweet it, read it, tell it, shout it, be all about it at the Brain Busters on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, and Facebook, and subscribe to the show on any podcast gimmick. 
Can spring football make it in America? The AAF has proved, well, for them, they can't. The XFL is a much different animal, and we've been covering it, and we know the differences. Uh, will the average fan know that? Well, probably not, unless they are, you know, they are following shows like this one, unless, you know, the media is covering it properly and unless there's a good plan in place and the xfl we know has a much different much more sound plan we talked about all that last week with that said bryant let's get into some uh, notes for this week before we get to our interview with this week's cover two going for two go for two and the lead first up bryant before we get into the aaf stuff I, there are actually some uh, quick uh, business notes and hiring notes uh, the xfl is bringing on some more uh, people in front offices in the business side of teams. Uh, this week we saw Derek Thronberg, uh, who was with the Pacers, uh, joining the XFL. And uh, we also saw Jordan Schlachter uh, join, the, join the league uh, f- previously with the NBA's Players Association. So uh, front office people being brought in by Jeffrey Pollock, the XFL's president and COO. And uh, these are sales and business operations hires. On the football side of things, the really interesting thing is the CFL lost some named coaches. Jerry Glanville, who's been coaching forever, used to be on TV on CBS in the United States, was up in Canada most recently as the defensive coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, leaving the Cats to join the Tampa Bay staff, Bryant. Crazy, crazy awesome hire. I don't know if that's official yet, but Mark Trestman is bringing Jerry Glanville in to be his defensive coordinator. Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, we'll, we'll get through some more, but the, to leave the CFL, which is a solid football league and, and, and a solid job, much similar to the presidents of these teams, these people are leaving solid positions to come to the XFL. I don't know if it's the opportunity that they're being given or if it's the, if it's the money. But either way, they're leaving these jobs and coming to the XFL, and this is just another one of those types of hires. Where you are talking about, you know, United States citizens coming back from Canada, so that also makes sense. But uh, we have Jamie Elizondo, who uh, also was in the CFL, uh, was previously with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Their offensive coordinator is now going to join Mark Trestman's staff there in Tampa Bay. But also we have. Word on Pep Hamilton staff, Bryant. So we have a Jeffrey Fitzgerald, the former Redskins linebackers coach, is going to be joining Pep Hamilton staff as defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know much about him, but again, it's just kind of a, another one of those, you know, good hires that are are, are going to come to the XFL for an opportunity. When you're a linebackers coach, now you get to be a defensive coordinator. This is what the XFL is going to give. It's going to give opportunity to these people who might either had that coordinator experience in the past or looking for it for the first time. And, and Jeffrey Fitzgerald is going to fit that criteria very well. Yep. And then you also have a, a buddy from uh, the Michigan staff and with Pep Hamilton work with Tanner Engstrand uh, with the Wolverines under Jim Harbaugh there. And uh, Tanner Engstrand is going to join Pep Hamilton staff as his OC. So XFL DC gets their DC and their OC uh, to work with Pep Hamilton. So some kind of news and notes on some hires there. No head coach coaching hires this week, unfortunately. But lots going on with the spring league underway and some big-time testing going on that we're going to talk to Doug Whaling, Justin King about in uh, just a moment or send you to the interview we recorded with them earlier in the day. Uh, the second part of this week's cover, too, Bryant, let's address the AAF as it relates to the XFL uh, a lot of people chiming in on how it affects the XFL. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? 
Uh, I believe it's probably both, but let's let's break it down. The AF, you know, sh- a spring football league going under a year before the XFL looks bad for spring football, but the 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 lack of competition in 2020 for the XFL is a good thing. Yeah, there's a couple ways to look at it, right, Alan? There's there's the the, the spring football side of it, right? The general sense of it, and, and people are going to have this negative connotation with spring football that it can't last, that it can't make it because look at what happened with the AAF. Um, but then there's the the other side of it, like you're saying, there is no more competition, right? It's this is a way for the XFL to show that they are taking the the steps necessary to make this successful, unlike what the AAF did not do or did do um, in 2019. Uh, in our interview that you're going to hear in a little bit, you're going to hear that everything is being thought of strategically with time. The man hours going into so many of these decisions is is really up there and something that the AF probably didn't do. And, and that's where the XFL is going to have to try to make this positive for them and, and, and make those things come to light of what they're doing differently than the AAF. Oh yeah, there's there's things. I mean, you could just see the lead up. Uh, the the time the XFL has to get their league together compared to the AF is is the biggest difference. It was rushed the the alliance. We talked about that on the Patreon show, but the fact that the AAF is was just kind of secretive and just didn't really give us too much info into how they were putting the league together. I mean, this whole road to 2020 shows like ours would not be possible if the XFL wasn't so transparent speaking with us like they're going to later on today's show and also being on social media and posting things like you saw earlier in the week on Twitter, they posted the the four rules to speed up the game that they're working on in, in the spring league. And, and the fact that they're actually at the spring league publicly testing out rules. It's just a transparent way of building a league that's refreshing and much different than the AAF, which is why I think it's better suited, of course, than the AAF was in terms of becoming a viable, successful spring football league. But it is a good lesson for the XFL to learn, right? How the AAF went about doing things. I mean, if if Vince McMahon didn't already have his own mistakes he made in 2001, he has this year to look at the AAF to also understand, you know, trying to maybe work with the NFL the way the AAF did. Maybe not a great idea if you're really going to rely on them. Yeah, well, if you're depending on that, that's definitely the, the worst idea possible at this point, um, case in point with the AAF. But but you're right, Alan. It's just, just more of of the AAF, what they kind of – it's hard to say. It's, is it what the AAF did do or is it what the AAF didn't do? And I guess it's a little bit of both. But the XFL, at least – trying to come up with these ideas and these plans and, and rule books and everything like that you'll hear in our interview. Um, they're not coming out the, the day before the game or actually the morning of the games and saying, Hey, you can only uh, rush five passers, yeah. right? Like that's something that the XFL is not going to do. The AF didn't give themselves enough time. Uh, the XFL is, as we've always said, and, and the XFL hopefully will succeed based on the AF's demise. Yeah, the AAF, admittedly, now Bill Pullian comes out on radio after the league ends and says we were rushing because of competition, obviously referring to the XFL. Ultimately, Brian, if the, as it relates to the XFL, the you know looking at the AAF experiment and that the whole ordeal and how it affects the XFL, ultimately, would you say it is a negative thing that the AAF came out this year? Uh, when it comes to the XFL in 2020, does it not matter at all? Or is it a positive thing? Because now we have something to measure the XFL up against from the previous year. 
I think the level of measure is is not something we can really relate because they are two. It just seems the only similarities between these two leagues is that they were going to be playing in the spring. It seems like at this point, there's really and the sport of football no, <laughs> and the sport of football. Yeah, I guess, but that's about it. I mean, that's can you compare yourself to a league that really was more like the XFL 2001 than it is the XFL 2020? Like that's the question, and and the the XFL can definitely learn. I think they can learn from the mistakes of the AAF, find out what happened, what was going on, make sure you're not a dependent league on another league, right? You're not depending on something else except yourself. Um, and and give yourself time like they have and, and, and give themselves even more time to grow after after kickoff. But that's how I feel. I mean, what about yourself? I think ultimately the AAF coming out in 2019 will have no effect on the XFL, I don't think people are going to watch the XFL and be like, well, they tried it with the AAF last year. This is this is going to be bogus. I think it's because it, it is going to have a, this barometer. It, it's going to make the XFL look that much better because I do believe the XFL product, the on-field product, the innovation, the planning, the, pre- the, the preparation, you know, all things, anything you do in life. I, I'm a big proponent of preparation and, and being ready for any kind of venture you're getting into, whether it's doing a podcast, whether it's, uh, you know, going out for a night for dinner. If you have a plan, things are just going to go more smoothly. And the XFL has such a better plan than the AAF that when it comes out in 2020, people are going to look at it and say, wow, now they have their stuff together. This, this game is entertaining because let's face it, the AAF was like, they barely had their stuff together. And the games were, if you're a football fan, pretty entertaining for, for, what it was now imagine if the AF had an actual plan and you know they 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 put everything they could have into it like the xfl is it would have been a much better thing they would have lasted they might have even got paid for their tv deal who knows so i think ultimately the AF coming out is a great thing for the xfl because it, it's really going to show you how how planned out how well thought out and how well executed the xfl is in 2020 well yeah and, and then also with the AF, when you watch the AF. You, it seemed like you were watching a poor quality NFL product, right? That's what it seemed like you were watching with the XFL. Based on what we're, what they've let us know, what we're hearing, what we talk about later, it's it's a different, it's it's football, but it's different, and and it, it, you're going to be watching a different game, different rules, and it's going to be something that people want to tune into, not just because they have a a team in the stake, but because they actually are entertained. The AAF, you had to. Um, either have a team in, in stake because it was really just football. There was nothing exciting about the play other than that it was just football. But if you're excited for a little bit of change, that's where the XFL is going to come in. So ultimately, you're right. I think it was a good thing that the AF came out for the XFL to help them learn. Um, I think it's even better that the AF is no longer around, though. Yeah, because now you have a bigger player pool. Uh, you have you know no competition, nothing to worry about from that side. Not that the XFL really was in the first place, but the AAF, you know, we buried them kind of uh, on the Patreon show. We put it to rest. We talked all about it. The great thing, though, is that it's now official. All the players have been completely uh, set. You know, their ties have been severed. They're free to go try to join NFL teams or XFL teams. And uh, they're going to be able to move on because we've heard that we heard the horror stories. We talked about them for some of the players getting stranded, uh, workers of some of those teams getting stranded. Yeah. You don't want to see that. So uh, the AAF is, you know, Let's wipe our hands clean of it and let's move on, everybody. <laughs> Anybody who was all AAF and not really f- focusing on 2020, there's plenty of room on the bandwagon to 2020. Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, and if I can, can I read the XFL statement on the AAF uh, closing? Yeah. 
just to kind of add that in case you if case no one read it is with uh the sports business journal but a xfl statement on the af we have said all along that the success or failure of our league will not have i'm sorry the success or failure of other leagues will have no impact on our ability to deliver high quality fast-paced professional football the xfl is well funded we have the time before kickoff to execute our business plan and we will announce a national broadcast and cable tv schedule that make that makes it easy for fans to find our games consistently every weekend when we launch next february there is no doubt that avid football fans want more and exciting and we're excited to get going in 2020 no doubt no doubt we are. There you go. That another call. Just to anybody who's worried about spring football going away, it isn't. The XFL has been planning for 2020 the whole time. So let's go. Tell your friends if they're uh, bummed out AAF fans in Orlando or Memphis or wherever. Uh, you know The XFL is coming. There's going to give us some football after this coming NFL season. And uh, when you listen to our conversation here coming up, you're, you're going to get plenty more hype because we're going to be talking about the rules, the players, everything going into the building of the on-field product. Crazy stuff going on in Round Rock there in Austin, Texas, right now with the Spring League and the XFL. You're going to be able to look and see it's the XFL basically in on the field playing. They're, they're, they're going to be open to fans, and, and it's going to be a production. It's, it's a real test run going on this week into next week, Bryant. I mean, this is... This is crazy. We are really, we're really at some of the most critical points on the road to 2020, and this might be the most critical. I would say it's probably the most critical point up to this point. Whether it is the most critical point until 2020, we'll find out. But we, but but these testing of these rules, these ideas that they've been putting in their head and putting on paper now are are coming to fruition on the field with live games. Um, this is going to be a, a huge test for the XFL and. And I'm not going to say that, that that their entire future hinges on this weekend or, or on the 11th when those games are played, but a good chunk of it of, of their statement and their ability to perform as a alternative football league is on the is on the line this weekend. And if you are a patron of our Patreon, we're sending you to this awesome football chat we had with Doug Whaley and Justin King right now. If you are not a patron, hang tight. We're going to send you to the interview in just a moment. Before we do. Bryant and I need to tell you about everything we got going on on the Patreon. Because, well, if you're a patron, Bryant, you don't have to sit through us talking about the Patreon. You get to go right to the interview and you get the interviews right away. As soon as the interview is recorded and put and mixed, we put it on the Patreon as soon as humanly possible so the patrons could hear it as, as, as quickly as we possibly can get it to them. That's right, Alan. If you don't like me talking about Patreon, you need to go over to our Patreon and sign up now. You get this interview that we're about to play two days in advance. I mean, that's a long time if you really think about it in football time. Uh, we're, we're posting that right now. Don't forget about our special uh, weekly This Is Not The XFL show where we talk everything but the XFL. Which was uh, so good this week. I mean, we <laughs> really, it was the definitive, you know, rest in peace AAF show. We totally went over every single thing that went wrong with that league in detail. And then, of course, we got the NFL draft coming up. So don't don't listen to us talk about it when it comes to the Patreon. Be about it. Become a patron. There's so many different tiers to choose from fits right into your you know your financial range give to the show help spread the word about the xfl help get hype help talk football with us because you get to be involved with the show when you're a patron even more than you already are yeah if you want to be on this show have live call-ins um listen to the show early we also have bonus uh, episodes up there every month this month we we talked about ranking the eight xfl cities from best to worst 
Uh, there's a lot of information on there. And Alan, you and I are going to start having conversations and putting them on tape uh, and, and posting them on our Patreon because you and I talk football all the time. So we might as well just put it on tape. Yeah. And these are, you know, you know, deeper, nerdier discussions that, that are great for, for, podcast but we just don't have the time or the room to get it on the normal show so that's where it goes on the patreon we're gonna have bonus material up the wazoo especially when the league kicks off oh my goodness being a patreon is a must so get in while you can we just lowered the prices too bryant it is very affordable to just to to just give to any tier of your choosing and, and just take part in the xfl show in the most complete way possible it is the full this is the xfl show experience it's the best way i could put it yeah, every tier there gets something special. So go over there now, check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show. Don't wait. If you want more football, we got it for you over on our Patreon of this is the XFL show. All right. Without further ado, enough messing around, let's get you to it. It is our conversation with Senior Vice President of Football Operations, Doug Whaley, and Manager of Football Operations, Justin King, from the XFL, down in the Spring League in Austin, Texas. Let's start out. You guys are down in the the, the Spring League in Austin, Texas, and you got a bunch of players now testing out rules, and you're getting a glimpse of your rules in action and at some players. And first on the player development side, how have things in that regard progressed to this moment, and when can we expect some announcements regarding players in the XFL? Well, right now, uh, I think what we're doing here, like you said, we're testing rules and also double-dipping by evaluating players. And this is a, a really good uh, evaluation process because you, you're, you're seeing guys uh, doing football movements and not just underwear Olympics like if you do a combine. Yeah. So we're getting football-specific movements and putting them in positions to really show what they're going to be able to do uh, inside the, on the grass, as we say. Um, so we're really excited about that. Player signings, uh, we hope to be start uh, uh, looking at players and starting recruiting and, and hopefully signing uh, here within the next uh, quarter. So we know that there's going to be pockets of players available, and we think this next month right before the draft there will be a, a, a certain amount of players that are available that we can go, and even some guys out of this league, the spring league, the second uh, wave of players that will be available usually right after the NFL draft when some of the veteran guys or, or guys that are two or three years in get cut and replaced by draft picks. But the bulk of our signings we think uh, or we're anticipating will be after the cut-down day. Uh, that, that will be when we get the bulk of our rosters made. You know, we've been waiting for that day. So, I mean, next quarter sounds uh, exciting times for, for the XFL. But you also mentioned, you know, uh, we spotted online some potential rule changes in, in terms of the speed of the game, right? You have the 30-second play clock, the uh, the ball spotting official, the four total timeouts, and the running game clock. Um, how is testing going in this, at the Spring League and maybe more specifically on the speed of the game? Well, the testing has been going really well. You know, working with uh, Coach Terry Shea um, down here, and the head coach, um, of all the teams, um, getting him to go fast and stay within the play clock. So we've been, like, really just timing the operation of everything, getting the guys used to getting in and out of the huddle. You know, uh, we're running some West Coast offenses down here that have long terminology, so, like, getting uh, getting them to adapt and shorten up uh, the play clock and just speed up the operation. But it's been going really well since we've been here. Yeah, and those, those are really, uh, th- you know, four interesting rules 
that you guys posted on social media uh, talking about the 30 second play clock, the ball spotting official, uh, and the and the you know the four total timeouts running game clock. For each one of those, maybe can you explain the reasoning behind the four and how they all work together to speed up the game? Okay, so the way we looked at it, we did a lot of uh, testing and, and, and evaluating of NFL games. So we looked at it, if, if you did a running play clock outside of two minutes, uh, on average it would save about uh, 20 minutes off the game time. So we said, okay, that starts. Because ultimately, let me start with this. We want to have our games be in that two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour to two-hour and 45-minute mark because people have evolved the way they uh, consume sports. So it's more of a sports and entertainment value. We know gone are the days where people sit down on their couch, watch the TV, but turn the volume down and listen to their local radio announcers announce the game. Those days are gone. People want fast-paced action in a short amount of time. So with that being said, the first thought was running game clock outside of two minutes. Another thought process was a designated ball spotter. Because if you look at the operation after a, a play is done, a ball gets thrown to the sideline to a ref that gets thrown into basically to the uh, spotting ref, and that's between three to six seconds. If you have a ref that's in the middle of the field and being able to spot the ball as soon as that play is over, you're, start, you're saving three to six seconds on, let's say, 80 plays. There's another good chunk of time that you're saving for uh, against the length of the game. And then finally, the 30-second play clock. Uh, at, at the NFL level, you're looking at a 40-second playing clock, so you're taking another 10 seconds off of each play. So we think the combination of all those aspects and those new rule tinkers will be able to get us into that 230 to 245 range. I love it. And the running game clock, is that is that outside of two minutes – in the second and fourth quarter, or is that all four quarters? All four quarters. All four quarters. And will these uh, these rules be tested in the games played during the spring league, or are, the, are you guys just testing these out during the practices there in Austin? So they will fully adopt the rules in the game uh, for the games on the on the sixth and on the eleventh. Awesome, awesome. Oh, but yeah, for the yeah for the production um, that will be here, we have um, different production companies going through it and just seeing how everything works with the timing and operation of uh, the whole the whole deal. We're excited to see it. So the Spring League really is a, a, a true testing ground, and it's going to be on display for people. That's going to be really cool. We're going to actually be seeing some XFL football, Bryant. I hope to be able to catch some of those games you know, this weekend for sure. And that, that's the whole game plan when we uh, decided to come to the Spring League, and Brian Woods was very gracious to, to partner with us because, as, as you guys know, Things in your head look one way, but until you see them live action, you just really don't know what that, that outcome is going to be. So we wanted to make sure the thought process between, behind these rule changes to make sure that uh, when we iterate them in live uh, action, will the outcomes be what we thought they are? And if they're not, what do we need to change? And if they do, okay, can we still make it better? No, definitely. I mean, I, I think of things all the time and then I put them to paper or put them to action and it never comes out that way. So I, the, the testing is super important. Uh, what about technology? Uh, what kind of technology have you guys considered? You know, we, we've heard Sky Judge. What about sensors within the football, things like that? Well, yeah, we've, we've definitely talked about the Sky Judge and uh, having someone when it comes to replay, replaying um, like almost every play, we're just having the angle of all the, of all the cameras. Uh, so, you know, instead of having an on-field person review like a play or a challenge, 
you know, having someone that sits in the van and able to see uh, all 24 angles from a production to, like, speed up the game or if there's a play miss or anything like that. You know, when you see, see a typical football game, they only show you two or three views over and over again when there are, uh, are multiple multiple um, angles. So we're going to try to implement that uh, to also speed up the game as well when it comes to games like things like that. But and then off the field, when we, we start looking at uh, another thing we, we want to concentrate on is player health and safety. So we have some uh, wearable devices that we're looking at to help uh, track uh, player exertion, which can lead into performance-enhancing, uh, injury rehab, and return to play. And there's also some technology that will help us with our broadcast partners, so similar to what you were saying, a chip in the ball. And then there's also stuff that we can help uh, with the tracking devices that the broadcast partners can overlay and, and help in uh, their production value that uh, helps us reach that uh, audience that wants something football, but as I say, we're going to have a twist that's unique and interesting to it, but the basis will be football. So how that looks to the viewing public, we're going to, that's what we're doing here, testing all these different wearables and technologies. Yeah, that the, the, the technology on the players is really fascinating because you know that gives you insight into into the player the player performance their health as well. Is that data going to be available to just teams or or fans and the broadcast as well? Because there there's kind of a blurry line there that you have to toe, right? Yeah, that's something that we're still uh, working through. Uh, first of all, we just wanted to find out which way we wanted to go with technology, and then we'll have to figure out how far can we go? There's a lot of uh, issues and, and legality things that we're going to have to take into consideration. But uh, what we're going to try to do is make this as uh, fan-centric and player-centric as possible. You mentioned the broadcast and how that's going to look towards the, to, to the fans as well. On social media, we saw this this really cool, very innovative like fisheye cam over players' heads and things like that. Is that something that you're testing out, or is that just, you know... I mean, I was excited to see. It. I've never seen football like that, and I was that thing was, cra- was that thing was crazy. That thing was crazy. Like, <laughs> I was just was wondering. Awesome. Yeah, I was just wondering if that's going to be incorporated in games, or are you just testing things out as well? I think we're, we're testing it now. I, I don't know uh, if we'll be able to implement that in game action, but uh, that's why we're here. We'll find out and see. Uh, I know it seems really interesting right now, but uh, you also have to look in how does that affect player health and safety and along with uh, the actual equipment, will it be able to withstand uh, a live play from scrimmage? So uh, right now in, in control system, in situations, it, it works, but we don't know how that's going to come across once we get uh, live action. So you guys are in, this is your third iteration, I guess, of, of testing. We started in Mississippi. You took it to your call football, and, and now we're here at the Spring League. What, what's the progression been like on these rules? Have any decisions been made on any one rule yet? Is, there, is the picture almost completely clear uh, at right now where you're at in the, or in the Spring League, or is this kind of the main event where even more, will, the most will be learned here in Austin? I think with this being our third iteration, uh, the rules are, I would say, at the in the red zone. And the only thing that will, uh, only thing we're testing now is we've been able to test these rules in simulations, and we've set up the different scenarios to test these out. Now let's see how these rules are when a, in a free-flowing game without uh, being in practice and being able to manipulate the situation. How is it going to? 
hey, how's it going to look with a running clock and a 30-second play clock when there's nobody out there stopping the game and it's just, all right, let's play for real. And then uh, to add on to that, how is that going to look to the viewing public? And that's why we wanted to make sure we had the broadcast uh, partners down here and a broadcast team to say, all right, if we threw this game on uh, TV, what does it look like with the commercial breaks, the timeouts, the speed of the game, the whole operational system, and, and how it will look, like I said, to the, to the public? Yeah, you guys are getting feedback now on the whole shebang, the whole package, and you're gonna you're gonna learn so much. I feel in the in the coming weeks here in Austin at the Spring League, and when it's all said and done, uh, you know you guys start putting it all together. The official rule book. Do you have a timetable or a date uh, that you're targeting for when you could uh, complete that? Well, right now we're aiming at June. Um, June is like our, our our point right now that we're aiming to have that stuff done. Oh, that's awesome. We, do you know if that the rule book or at least the majority of the rules will be released or explained in some kind of way? I don't know on the XFL's website or through your. You guys have been doing YouTube videos. Yeah, that that's one of the things that we're, we're talking with our production people, not only our broadcast production people, but our content people in, inside the XFL. What is the best way to educate our fans about our game? Because the last thing we want to do is kick off February 8th, 2020, and be explaining the rules while the game is being played. So that's something that uh, we're in continuous con- uh, contacts and contract talks with people and uh, figuring out what is the best way to roll out XFL 2.0 so once we kick off, people know what our game is all about. Yeah, and we're here if you need us to help with the ex- explaining of the rules when they come out, too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so do we have a – I mean, one one thought process is do we have an XFL show that starts in training camp in January, and you're there at training camp, and then one day when we're working on uh, the new overtime rule, all right, let's have a show on the new overtime rule. All right, uh, let's have a show on the new punt rule or the kickoff rules. So these are things that uh, we still have to figure out, but that's a good point, and we know we have to educate our fans because it will be football, but there's going to be some uh, minor changes. Oliver Luck, when he first signed on last year, was was talking about, and I guess Vince McMahon too, said about innovating, changing the game, reimagining the game. And a lot of your coaches, they, I mean, I guess all of your coaches, have signed on not knowing exactly how that's going to be 100%, right? You're in the red zone. You're not you're not completely there. Were any um, of the coaches tentative about that, about perhaps saying, I don't know what I'm really signing up for, or, or are these guys game? They're ready to, to go with whatever you decide on come June. No, they came into this eyes wide open. Now, Oliver explained to them what we were trying to do, and the guys that signed on are, are really excited to be able to um, be proactive and evolve as coaches. It's one of the things that uh, we make sure they, they knew that if you have that mentality that we're going to do, I'm going to do this because I've always done it before, then this league's probably not for you. This is a league of saying, hey, What's a better, new, efficient way and exciting way to do something? And all these guys knew that when they were signed on and they're excited. And it's going to make for a, a very compelling product. 
Yeah, it, it, I can't wait for, for the details to come out. I'm sure the coaches are really excited about that, these little details that you guys are going to change to hopefully you know make the game even better. And, and we have some rules that we kind of specifically wanted to target with you guys that uh, you know football fans in general are, are concerned about, uh, usually. Uh, especially, we'll start with pass interference. What, what's the approach to pass interference going to be in the XFL, or what are you, what are you uh, tinkering with? What is being tested in regards to that rule? Well, at this time, uh, we are going to wait till we get our uh, VP of officiating uh, on board before we start looking at uh, actionary rules like DPI and OPI. And But what we want to do with all rules is to make them as simple as possible. So it's similar to a player. When you have a player that's overloaded with information, they're out there thinking on the field and not playing fast. And we feel the same way with uh, arrests. If we can simplify the rules, they will be able to officiate fast and not be burdened with so many subjective rules. So we like to try to make them as objective as possible. But the thing that we really think will help the officiating crew will be that sky judge. We'll be the guy that if they accidentally miss something or they need to take another look at, can buzz in to those guys and say, hey, let's take a look. I found something. So that's uh, how we're going to accomplish trying to streamline the rules. So we, we could expect pass interference to be a reviewable play then in the XFL. At this time, it's still uh, up in the air. And again, like I said, we want to make sure once we get our VP officiating on mm-hmm. and then just uh, talk about it, not only with him, but with officials, with coaches, and with some players and say, let's come up with the best way to make this a game that people can get behind and rally and, and not be water cooler talk like, did you see that? That was pass interference. That wasn't pass interference. We want to make sure we're all on the same page. So that's going to take some time, especially when you talk about subjective calls like DPI and OPI. What about uh, as in terms of, you know, on the lines, right? There's been rumors about having that one-yard buffer zone, uh, no three-point stances, um, have you looked at that, or is, are you still waiting on your VP official to make um, decisions on that? Uh, and, and also, like, blitzers, you know, total amount of blitzers, anything like that in terms of the lines? Now, right now we've done some testing with the no three-point and no two-point and the one-yard neutral zone. So we want to get that uh, data set and then have some guys that are above our pay grade look at that data set and tell us, is it uh, worth instituting that rule? Are the subconcussive blows decreased enough to change the game that most people when they turn on the TV are used to seeing because if you turn on the TV and you see that one yard neutral zone like in CFL people are going to be like oh what's that or once you have no three-point stance how is that going to affect your third and one or your fourth and goal from the one so those are the things that we have to take in consideration and uh, we'll look at uh, not only the data set but talk to our head coaches and see what they feel and talk to our VP officiating and see what rules we need to adopt that make sense uh, with the data, but also make sense with making it a football game that's not too foreign to people when they turn on the TV. I'm be 100 honestly. I love the proactiveness of everything. I mean, it just seems like there is hours, man hours, put into digital, uh, you know, to making sure that these rules make sense is something that it seems like it's very high on your priority list for sure. Absolutely. You want to, we want to keep football as football uh, as, as we play, but also reimagine a game and give a, a better fan experience to the to fan experience for guys watching the game. So 
Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Oliver Luck has also mentioned that one of his quotes is keeping the foot in football. Uh, can you explain any of the rule changes? We've seen some videos about kickoffs and even on the punt uh, rule changes uh, to help keep foot in football. Well, you, you figure when the kickoff uh, is essentially an eliminated play. Um, a lot of the uh, 70% of the kickoffs in the NFL go out of the end zone. It's a dead play. So we're trying to keep kicking in the ball, kickoff and punt. So we want to end encourage kickoff returns and punt returns. So with a punt returns, we're going to implement the five-yard halo rule and uh, and make sure that all returns are returnable, especially for kickoff returns. So the one thing that we're doing, so one thing we're doing on kickoff is going to be a little different is uh, we are lining the kickoff team on the 35, the opponent's 35, and the receiving team on the 30-yard line. So they'll be five yards um, apart from each other. But based on the research and watching over 100 uh NFL kickoffs, the the kickoff team and the kickoff receiving team meet at about the 30-yard line every single time. So instead of having a long rundown and uh, have the high-velocity hits, we figure we put them five yards apart, and they start from there, and it's more of a catch and turn into a punt return. So it essentially turns the kickoff into an offensive play, per se. Um, it'll probably be better when you see it visually, uh, but those are the big things that we're trying to take or keep your foot in football, especially in punt with the five-year halo rule and forcing all returns just to keep the excitement up and um, in the kicking game. And, yeah, and you want you want fans to you know turn the game on too, and like like you said, Doug, you know not be scratching their head and wondering what's going on. So keeping the kickoff in football, I think, is absolutely essential. I love that Oliver's kind of really emphasized it uh, as he's you know gone along and and and. and put the league together with you guys. Um, we talked earlier about shorter play clocks and, and the game moving faster. And we've heard rumors about uh, helmet communications maybe being opened up for, for the, uh, for the offense in particular uh, to maybe help that uh, be a little bit smoother. What's the status now on total team head helmet communications uh, with, with the, you know, knowing that we're going to have a shorter play clock in the XFL? Well, that's one of the things that uh, the technology we're testing here in Round Rock. So we're, we're testing uh, helmet to, coach to communi- helmet communication for all people uh, on the field to see if that's going to help, like, like you said, with the play call and then being able to get up to the line as an offensive group and point out the mic, be able to do motions, be able to shift player personnel, or to be able to call out coverages. So with that reduced play, uh, play clock, we thought this would be the best way to still be able to not handcuff the offensive play callers. Uh, on the same token, the defense are going to have communication with their with their coach on, on with every player. So the whole field is going to have people that can communicate with their coach. So that's a thing we're going to test out, and then we'll take it a step further is will that communication be for the whole 30 seconds, or is there going to be a cutoff time similar to uh, the NFL rule. Yeah, I, I, we, we had a long conversation and argument about that on our show a few weeks ago. I think that's awesome and really help assist the game in moving faster. I think it's a great idea. And then we saw something else that you guys put out on social media. I have no idea uh, what, it, what it was about, but I want to see if you will tell us, what are walk-off touchdowns? So what we're going to do differently is you think of overtime, right? Yeah. So the way we're going to do overtime is uh, – Think of both teams, offense and defense, on the field at the same time. They have five. Think of soccer shootouts. 
five, uh, five plays from the five on each side. So if you're looking at the north end zone, offense versus defense, they want to play from the five. Boom, plays over there, 10 seconds to get to the other side of the field. The other, while the play's going, the other team is calling the play, and it'll be back and forth. So you'll have five shots from the five-yard line, each team, and pretty much uh, first one to three would win in overtime. And then when you say like a walk-off touchdown, you know, it would be the overtime and having like the soccer celebration where both teams kind of come to the middle of the field. Oh, that's so it's awesome. Be like a, Oh, I love it. It's like, if, you know, or like if Sidney Crosby, you know, in a shootout ends the game and everybody absolutely. goes nuts. I love it. I love it. Ab- absolutely. That's that, that gave me goosebumps. I actually want to see that live at some point, hopefully. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Uh, what about the unlimited uh, forward pass rules? Something that we've heard kind of through the grapevine, uh, unlimited forward pass, passes before uh, uh, before the line of scrimmage. Can you explain on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's, some, that's something that's not too foreign. It just kind of takes away when we talk about what Doug talked about earlier, making the rules uh, simple simple for the uh, refs to see. So, you know, in traditional football now, you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, but if it goes forward, like if you throw from the 41 and it ends up on the 40, it's a forward pass, and no longer can you throw the ball down the field. We're just implementing a rule that the line of scrimmage is the line of scrimmage. Any ball behind the line of scrimmage can still be thrown down the field. Oh, makes sense. That's, that's- yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. If it's behind the line of scrimmage, do what you want with it. Uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, what about uh, tiered extra points? That was something that uh, we saw the original XFL get rid of the kicks, so they were only doing the, the conversions. Is that something that, that is set in stone in terms of tiered extra points and what those tiers are going to be? Yeah, I think we're, we're really leaning towards it because one thing, it's, it's again, it puts coaches out of that mindset of, oh, I have this uh, chart for my two-point conversion of when to go for it or when not to. We want to put the thought process back into coaching. So what we're thinking about doing is having um, a one-point play from the two-yard line, a two-point play from the five-yard line, or a three-point play from the ten-yard line. And, again, one of the main focuses for this was to try to get all those dead plays out of football. So the point after try, uh, it's a 97% conversion rate, uh, maybe – between 97 and 92. So we thought, why don't we put some more exciting plays in this? And then it also uh, affects how coaches uh, call the game. And, and, well, when I'm down or when I'm up, what, what do I want to go for? Do I want to go for two, three, or even one? And then it also adds to the intrigue, if it's an 18-point deficit, guess what? That's still only a two-possession two yep. game. So it's going to keep the intrigue of the, of the fans around longer for our game. You got to really blow a team out in the XFL if you want to end it. I love it. No, it, no one's ever out of it. And man, this is this has been tremendous. And we, you know, do this every week to do this with you guys. You're working so hard on putting the rules of this league and re- actually reimagining the game of football. It's it's got to be the most fun thing in the world for for people who love football. I don't know what is it like in the room when you guys are going back and forth on these ideas because we're doing it on our show every week and we get kind of heated. How does it get when you guys are in the room? with Oliver and Pep or Bob, and you guys are talking about changing the rules of football. It's got to be the greatest thing in the world. It's great because the one thing we're all uh, working for is the common goal of the betterment of the league of the XFL. So it doesn't get, it's professional. Everybody feels open to express their opinion and everybody feels open to listen to an opinion or a thought process that may have never entered their mind. 
So it's it's a creative lab, and it's great, and especially when you have such knowledgeable football minds in one rule, room. It's uh, like you said, it, it's it's exciting, it's fun, and it's something that a lot of us never thought we'd even have a chance to do to create a football league. That's just something that uh, isn't really on too many people's uh, thought process. Well, we we've had the entire football operations staff, or the two the two guys in the football operations staff, right here, uh, Doug and Justin. You guys have been tremendous. It's been really an honor for us. What is next for for football ops in the XFL? Where are the next stops on the road to twenty twenty for you guys? Our next stops will be uh, our summer showcases. So we're going to have uh, at each city that we have a team. We're going to have what we call our summer showcases, which is our basically our combine. So we'll invite guys and then put them through some timing and testing. And then more football-specific drills. We're going to stay away from the underwear Olympics like the NFL Combine, but be able to put them in situations where they can show us what they can do on the field as football players. So that's going to be our next major event. And then from those events, we hope to start signing some players there as well. Well, have a blast doing it. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever need anything from us, we're here for the league. We appreciate your time. Pleasure, fellas. Awesome. Thanks for having us. My mind's blown, Bryant. Oh, man. My brain is full of, of new football knowledge, new XFL knowledge that we didn't have before. Shootout overtime? I mean, come on. This is gonna this is gonna be better than the NHL or any or any penalty kicks in the, in the World Cup. Alan, can you quote me? Because we were we were in different rooms when this conference when this conversation was happening. Can you quote me on what I messaged you when I sent when I heard about uh, the shootout overtime? I believe you either you were talking about a now defunct airline or you were just ex- exclamating, <laughs> "Wow!" <laughs> I was uh, f- flabbergasted when I heard uh, about that idea. We have to go back to our overtime rule uh, episode and see what we talked about there because that was that was pretty incredible. But yes, I know none of us none of us thought of that. None of us thought of that. <laughs> no. That's why they're the football minds. Amazing for sure. <laughs> Uh, but there's so much there and, and we really, you know, we're here, we're here talking about, but we really want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about all these rules, uh, all, all over social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at XFL show. I mean, let them hear you. Cause these are the, and they're going to be played. There are going to be live games. You know, if you, if you didn't catch, if you're on Patreon, catch Saturday's games. If you're not on Patreon, did you catch Saturday's games? And don't forget about Thursday's games. Uh, because these rules are being played live for us to all see. So uh, exciting times for the Expo right now and, and some huge confirmations. Uh, I can't wait to get Jake and Vince's reactions next week for sure. Yeah, they they, they took the week off, but they'll be back, and then they're going to react to the whole conversation there. And, you know, we'll we'll try to bullet point it for you on the Patreon exactly what the Doug Whaley and Justin King told us there. But hopefully you took notes football fans hopefully you took notes and you react uh call in too don't forget you could call in with your reactions anytime 724-565-4xfl to get in on the xfl fan line i mean a potential xfl show what do they what do they mean potential there is an xfl show we're ready we're ready to break things down some more now i cannot wait to talk about what goes down in the spring league now that they are there and the games will be happening saturday next thursday What a time to be on the road to 2020, everybody. We appreciate you subscribing. Tell your football friends this is the XFL shows covering the road to 2020. Unlike anybody else, we had the 
the guys in charge of football operations from the league, and we're going to have plenty more guests from the XFL for you in the very near future. So without further ado, I, I, that's, I'm spent. I want to try to just process everything we've heard this week, Brian, and come back prepared next week if you're ready to go. Do we have time, do we have time to just play it one more time? Do we at all? No, no way. I don't have that much <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just rewind it. Yeah. Just oh. rewind it. That's the beauty of a podcast. Rewind it. Go over it about a thousand times and come back next week for episode 64. And uh, we'll, we'll dive deep into everything uh, and the spring league. Now, because next week it would have happened, the two game, the, the or the two double headers. So, whoo, so much to get into next so week much. and so much this week. It's awesome. It's the road to 2020, baby. All right. For Bryant, I'm Alan. We'll see you next week. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.